overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offer Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Mike, and you're listening to episode 186. Mike, we did it. Uh, what? What did we do? Did we go off-road, or did we have a successful intro? A successful intro, where you hey. guys didn't butcher it. <laughs> Wonderful. Because uh, you guys changed it from full-on to full-blown. I just couldn't remember what you said, and I think I like full-blown better. So here we are. Yeah, that works. Six one way, half a dozen the other. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes, we went wheeling. We went to core. Uh, and I went wheeling before that also. Where should I start? Should I start with Labor Day? Start with how many eggs you had to break open for the podcast breakfast. Uh, only 59, because one of them was already broke. There's no way you only broke open 59 eggs. There must have been like yeah. 100 eggs. There was 120 eggs total, and I only cracked into one case, and one of them wasn't open, so I only did 59. And we still had probably 15 or 20 eggs left over when I got done cooking, or when we got I, done eating. I can't believe it. I came up short on bacon and sausage, and I also came up short on hash browns. Damn. So I only bought four pounds of bacon, two pounds of sausage. And I only bought, um, I think, three or four packages, like one pound packages of hash browns. And those are the two things that we came up short on. We'll know for next year. Yeah, yeah, we'll know for next year. If you're cooking uh, 35 to 40, uh, if you're cooking for 35-ish people and uh, you want to do breakfast burritos and or quesadillas, you don't need, in fact, five pounds of cheese. Uh, you do need roughly, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say 60 eggs is a pretty good, like that's a pretty good number. Cause if you're a little extra, it's okay. Uh, but you do need probably, I would say six pounds of bacon, two pounds of sausage, and then you're going to need about five pounds of hash browns, which is absolutely crazy. But here we are. Hey, this see, this is the content that people need. You know, everybody's yeah, writing this good. down frantically. They're like, oh, my God, I'm going to re-listen to this because every now and yeah. then I need to cook 40 breakfast burritos. Also, also, you need uh, two, at least, this is a minimum requirement, you need two 28-inch Blackstones and at least one qualified chef. At least, but probably two. Two would be better. Oh, two would be ideal for sure. We didn't have that. We had one qualified chef and one half-ass. We oh, had. I think we actually did have two qualified chefs, but I wouldn't turn over the uh, uh, the spatulas to the other qualified chef. I think Eric was chomping at the bit. He was wanting to get in there and get cooking on that blackstone as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was he was kind of watching me like a hawk. Like you are, you're just fucking this up, bud. And I'm like, I get it. I know. Just why didn't you just give the spatula fine. and just go crack my eggs open? I don't know. I don't need any more eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I had the Blackstone ripping hot when I poured the eggs on. I was like, oh, that's too hot. He's like, ah, it'll cool it down. It'll be fine. And uh, apparently he's got a, a griddle top at home that he cooks on quite a bit. I guess he does um, a lot of hibachi and stuff like that at home. So if you don't own a Blackstone, just run over to Walmart and pick one of them bad boys up, either the 17 inch or the 28 inch. I think the, they're getting ready to be on sale here pretty quick because the season's coming to a close. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, that's a pretty sweet thing to have. They are pretty cool, but what's even cooler it's is having sweet. somebody that wants to grill. 
Like, don't get uh, me wrong. Better. I don't mind manning the girl, but if somebody's like, mm-hmm. I would love to cook 35 people breakfast for you. I'm going to yeah. go find a beer and sit in my chair and watch it happen. <laughs> yeah, there is that. There Just is saying. that. Uh-huh. Um, no, nah, it was good, though. Vance and I helped, did that. Uh, thank you, Vance, for all of the help cooking. And thank you to everyone else that lent hand, like Mr. Molner. Um, it was appreciated. And I think and Jeremy it was delicious. helped. It was good-ish. It was good enough. Well, most of them and were the good until one. we started running out of ingredients, and then it was egg yeah. burritos. No, yeah, it was egg. And, well, we had, we had the... Uh, the red and green peppers and onions. Oh, that's true. So it wasn't just there, eggs. Yeah. It was just a vegetarian. Or yeah. Yeah. So vegetarians eat uh, eggs. Yeah. Vegetarian. Yeah. 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 Well, cause that's cause chickens only eat, you know, grass and stuff. So it makes it vegetarian. Sure. Yeah. Vegan, vegan eggs. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if anybody hasn't seen that video, just go on like TikTok or one of the social medias and type in vegan eggs and see if it pops up. It's just a lady talking about it. And she is, uh, it's hilarious. I believe you. Satire. Okay. Have we talked enough about the breakfast that we made for all the uh, core think attendees? So. I think so. Maybe maybe that was, we maybe leaped ahead because that was day two. That's true. It was. Mark, but that, mark that down as things we don't need to talk about on the next episode. That might even be day three, technically, because we were there on Thursday. But it was our yeah. second day of wheeling. All right. How was your travels? Uh-huh. Don't mention breakfast burritos right. on Saturday. Okay. Correct. Good. Okay, Got I made that. a, a note I can almost read. Perfect. So, uh, how was your prep? Well, how was your prep for core? My prep for core was pretty minimal. Uh, Snow Day was ready to wheel before we went. Uh, it was ready to. It was as ready to wheel as it was a year ago at core because <laughs> all that happened is Bray put a roll cage in it. It's perfect. I mean, it had, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 miles on the oil change. I changed it anyway. And, uh, yeah. and I don't know, I did a few other little things here and there, but I talked a little bit about that on, uh, I think, uh, the last episode or the one before that, the Ruby sodes. um, yeah. just minimal stuff, nothing even really worth mentioning. I did put my new flag on, and it survived mm-hmm. really well. That's good to hear. It not only the- survived mm-hmm. the trail, but also I left it on the truck as I drove it from Illinois back to Dubuque. And 65 miles an hour, that thing just just smashing everything in the wind. And it did not skip a beat. It didn't fly off. It didn't get a single tear, tatter, anything. It looks like it's brand new. I am glad that you did the R and D of seeing if it'll hold up to being cruised down the interstate. That's pretty cool. Now, I don't know if you left it on there cruising down the interstate for like the rest of your life, but I can tell you that running at interstate yeah, speeds yeah. for like, I don't know, a day, it survived yeah, six hours. But, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Most flags would not put up with that. It's a good flag um, and it's pretty. It's stout. Yeah. I was thinking that we're probably going to have to, Order a few more of those. I am going to have a case of the Yanni's. I'm sorry, guys. I got up at quarter after four this morning um, to put the kid in his bed because apparently he stayed in our bed last night. And then uh, once I did that, I was like, well, I'm awake. I should go to the shop and polish some wheels. So oh my God. I did that. 
Yeah, I knocked out five wheels before I had to come back home and grab him and take him to daycare. Jesus, dude. That's how you do it, baby. If you wake up and you feel good, just go get some. I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, so, I think, to backtrack just slightly, I think we will talk about my Liberty trip for Memorial Day on the Patreon. Does that sound pretty good to you? Uh, I mean, I'm down, depending yeah. on what you want to try to cover during this here main. I think, well, we already started with core prep, so we'll just go ahead and skip Labor Day on the main. You guys didn't miss much. I mean, it's kind of cool. I took the Liberty wheeling um, with the family, so it is a pretty cool, you know, day of wheeling. Uh, but if you want to check that out, you can go to patreon.com slash total for podcast. I believe it is. Um, and go over there. Like if you uh, also, if you've run out of episodes, if you're here and you're out of episodes, you want some more content. I think there's like 150 episodes or something crazy like that over on the Patreon. So um, if you need some more content or you want to hear about me wheeling Liberty on Memorial day, just head over there, sign up. I think you can sign up for, I think as little as $5, I think is what the minimum tier is now. Um, or you can jump in the $10 tier and be entered to win the $500 quarterly giveaway, which Kyle, who won the last one just today, finally spent his money. Oh, really? Yeah. So did, did he um, get something good? Uh, he bought something from complete and cost like 460 some dollars. So oh, nice. uh, just went ahead and paid complete the full amount and he has a credit with complete now. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it is awesome. I love to see when people that win use partner companies to um, basically facilitate their needs. And why not? I mean, you can get basically anything you need for your rig at Complete Off-Road, so why not? Right? Pretty much, yeah. And it's easy. It's an easy transaction. But, uh, yeah, so if you're interested in that, just check out patreon.com forward slash Total Off-Road Podcast, and you will find us there. Um, as far as core prep goes, for the jeep i did like almost zero bolt nut and bolt check i take that back i tightened up the pitman arm it was loose um that shouldn't happen did i have we had a conversation about the transfer case yet i feel like we had a very brief one where you were like i should really do something with that and then like a couple hours later you were like it's completely done Okay, so we didn't talk on the podcast about it actually being completed. Like I was talking about doing it on the podcast and I haven't podcasted since. I, I think, yeah, I think it was via text. You were just like, okay, done. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what yeah. do you mean? Okay, done. Like, <laughs> I told you, Mike, I can, I can solid axle swap a truck in a weekend if I'm motivated. Apparently if you're motivated. <laughs> well, somehow you got some motivation up your ass and uh, got a transfer yeah. done in like an hour or something. So let's, yeah, let's find out about that. Okay, so let's uh, let's touch on that. I'll try to make it quick. So we got done podcasting, and then I think um, I don't remember what the timeline was. Now at this point, it's been a little bit, but maybe it was the the next day or something like that. Um, I went and grabbed the pieces out of the Jeep, and kind of gave those a look over. And then I had Seth the transfer case that Seth Thacker gave me um, as my replacement was sitting there. I was like, all right, let's break into this thing and see how everything looks. And so I did, I just threw, I, um, I disassembled Nicole's box staging area, which is also the prep table, uh, which made her very unhappy the next day. And I kind of giggled at her. Yeah. And 
I broke as so I used that table because that's the table that's in the garage. And I went ahead and broke the transfer case down pretty quick. Uh, it came apart super easy. Everything was good. As I got inside of it, everything looked excellent. I was diligent about not taking anything apart inside that transfer case that I didn't have to take apart to put the new sh- to put my existing SYE shaft into. So if it didn't have to come out of that case, it didn't. Um, I assume it probably worked when he pulled it. It didn't look like it had bad fluid or anything like that in it. And so I wasn't about to me- you know mess around in there and fuck it up again. So pulled it apart. Um, took my old shaft, cleaned it, sprayed it out with brake clean real well. Oh, hold on. Yes. Did you find the damage though? In my old case? Didn't you say that you never took the old case apart, even as of the last time we talked about it? Well, I quote unquote never took it out of the Jeep, but it was in multiple pieces. So I didn't really need to take anything apart. Oh, it like exploded. I could see everything I needed to see. It it blew it into pieces. Yeah. So we actually foreshadowing or spoiler we figured out pretty sure what broke that um so i uh grabbed the old transfer case out of the back of the jeep so most of the pieces i needed were in the part that was in the back of the jeep which was just basically the syE shaft and the tail housing um so i grabbed that brought those into the garage took the drive shaft the rear drive shaft off the rear drive shaft was really tight like it was seized like i couldn't move it so i took some acetone and um transmission fluid actually i think i I actually used uh wd-40 in transmission fluid and kind of alternated those down the splines to try to free up the splinage and then uh while that was soaking yeah while that was soaking i went ahead and inspected the existing syu shaft which is the one that i got back when I bought my Rusty's lift in 2008 and it looked fine. I couldn't see any, there was zero scoring, no marring. Everything looked perfect on it. So I went ahead and reused it. Um, just swapped the chain gears over from the chain sprocket over from the shaft that was in the 231 that Seth gave me and put mine in there and then threw some glue on it, kind of put everything back together and Glued it up, call it good. It was really straightforward and is just as simple as I remember a transfer case being back in the day. And I was like, hopefully it works. We'll find out. Um, so once that was done and all set up, uh, a couple days later, after the RTV had fully set, I went ahead and torqued all the bolts down, f- like a final torque on everything on the transfer case, got it all set. And then Tom came over, Tom Callahan uh, came over, little Tom Callahan, not big Tom Callahan. He came over and gave me a hand with doing the transfer case. So we actually, um, we had a truck in the shop. So we pulled the semi out of the shop and parked it outside. And then I grabbed my Ram, my Dodge Ram. And thank you. You're welcome. I did that just for you. Uh, We actually took a crawler, the crawler kinetic and drug the Jeep around to um no we didn't use a kinetic we actually took the winch we hooked the winch to the hitch of the truck and uh via d-ring and i just pulled the jeep around and pulled the whole combination into the garage looked at tom and said we gotta get it figured out because if we don't uh i don't have a truck (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that thing needs to leave on its own power this evening or we gotta drag it out backwards and um (laughs) 
so yeah, we uh, kind of, I kind of piddled around for a little bit and then finally we got to work. Once we got moving on it, it was pretty quick. Tom jumped underneath there and basically started pulling the, what was left of the transfer, the transfer case out, which was literally just the, um, uh, what would you call that? The the front part of the case with the low range in it. Yeah. Yeah. The planetary Everything. housing or whatever. Yeah. Planetary housing. Yep. So that was the only thing that was left. I will tell you this much, just having that much transfer case under there makes that job really easy. Oh yeah. Cause it weighs uh, half as much, right? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that it was just getting to everything. There's not, there was no transfer case in the way. Oh, like the bolts. So getting like, the two on the bottom, they're all hard to get yeah. to. Those are just easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just easy. Yeah, there's nothing in the way. That's awesome. And uh, so he went ahead and pulled all that out while I was getting the rest of everything else prepped. Um, we ended up uh, getting the transfer case pulled out. And then we took the the um, the vent tube on the case that Seth gave me was broke off. And we went ahead and took the vent tube out of my old case and put it into the one that Seth gave me. And it was a little interesting because that's a barbed fitting that is literally pressed into the aluminum housing. And so we wiggled it until it came loose. Well, if you wiggle one barb fitting out and you try to put another barb fitting in, obviously that's not going to stay real well. Right. So it's also loose. It's also loose. And I didn't have any JB weld or anything like that to seal it in there. So I actually took, uh, Oh my gosh. Chewing gum. No, sir. I took a flathead punch, a quarter inch diameter flat punch, uh, like a round punch. Mm -hmm. And actually um just tapped on the case all around that hole until i mushroomed the aluminum back inward and then we just pressed it back in we just tapped it in there with a hammer and it worked great so and it's not leaking around where you just like tapped it all into place not to my knowledge oh that's good it's on the top of it's eh. the vent it's up top it's fine probably it'd be i it'd probably leak if i roll it there you go i would have to guess yeah well, if you roll, um, it's going to leak out of the damn vent itself. <laughs> it goes into the case. Uh, so, yeah, we got that all done. And then we had to get the we had the front drive shaft pulled, obviously. And we had the rear drive shaft out. Well, the rear drive shaft was still solid um, and I couldn't get it apart. So we ended up taking the we took a two crawler soft shackles, um, hooked one to the back of the truck to the hitch on my pickup and the other to the winch on the Jeep and tried to spool the winch in and it was dragging the Jeep across the floor with the brakes locked up. And that wouldn't, and the slip yoke wouldn't come apart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They were solid. So ended up having Tom hold the brakes real tight and, you know, line in until it had tension on it. And then I tapped on the, uh, the ear of the slip yoke. And it probably took, I don't know, maybe 10 taps and it started to move. And then once it finally started to move, then it just whoosh, right apart. So it just seized up because it didn't have proper amount of lubrication and grease and anti-rust in it. Wow. Um, and it's a, it's a brand new Adams shaft and they're only a year old. And so they really like they don't have a lot of tolerance. So any rust at all in the nylon will be stuck in there. So gotcha. we got the rear, we got the rear pulled apart, lubed it all up, cleaned it, put it back together and set it aside. Then we grabbed the front and the front was 
just as stuck, if not more. This is also a new Adam Shaft from last year. Also a new, a new Adam Shaft from last year. You would so, think that it would just slip going down the trail, and so it wouldn't be would seized. Think, uh huh. Like, why would it be like no. it's constantly moving in and out? So how is it seized? Well, That's so weird. I'm guessing, which is wild. I'm guessing that it got water moisture in it when we were out um, for what was that for the next? No, it wasn't the next event. It was the following weekend. Remember, I missed the next event. I got there too late and then we couldn't get in. And so the next weekend we went wheeling. So between that weekend, which would have been middle of March, second weekend of March and April 15th, um, I think it's froze solid. So what did, were you in like really deep water or something? I have no idea. You're asking the wrong guy. That was a long time ago. But either way, <laughs> does it have a grease circ so you can keep it grease so it doesn't it happen? Does, the front one does. The rear one doesn't currently because I can't keep a grease circ in it because every time I get onto any kind of rock, I just take it right off. Oh, it just shears it off. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to put a different kind of grease something. I need to figure out a different option for that. But um, yeah, the front one was just as solid. So if you can see where this is going. It broke the case when I got up onto a rock. I am guessing that coming down the trail, coming to the quarry, it probably broke the case. When I pulled up on that rock, it really broke the case. And that's why the chain was slipping. And then when I pulled it around and went to go put it in gear, everything was bound up and just obliterated everything. So that's my guess. My guess is that it broke off because the front drive shaft pushed it off the back of the rest of the transfer case. I mean, that actually makes pretty good sense if it's that seized. Given where it was broken at all around the planetary case makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so sure what did you what do about that drive shaft? So we pulled it apart and put it back together and pulled it apart and put it back together, like put it back together with a hammer. Oh, um, no. We pulled it apart probably four or five times just trying to uh, work the threads and was using lube every time was putting oil in it to try to get it to just not be you ever take like a wire wheel to that. it or anything. Well, it's the inner splines, so you can't really take a wire. Oh, wheel. Yeah, sure, yeah, it's nothing you can do with that, really. Well, maybe a file or something, a wild br- a wire brush, maybe I guess like a long wire brush, possible. maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I need a tool that's specifically designed for splines on a drive shaft to clean that. Um, we just brake cleaned it all out, got all the crud and the sand and everything else out of it. And then um, actually, I think I ended up putting some ATF down it to try to help it be lubricated. Um, I was kind of limited on my options for lubricant at that time, but we ended up getting it to slide well enough. And so then we slid it back together and it was good. I think the goal now is just to keep the Jeep moving. Like, don't let it sit. Well, yeah, but that shouldn't time. matter that much. I mean, mm-hmm. if those splines are greased and everything's good, it should be fine. Yeah. I mean, think I of think, all the yeah. and millions of drive shafts out there that are splined that are just fine every mm-hmm. day. I mean, Snow Day sits for a year. It's fine. Yeah. What kind of shaft is that? Just a factory shaft? Like a factory, either OBS or square body yeah. shaft, but it's also just a spline I'm, shaft. And I know the seal is chunk. Right. I'm guessing that... Um, it has a lot to do with it being a brand new shaft. There's just the tolerances are so tight that you get any kind of rust in there at all. 
the smallest amount of rust in there and it just stops it dead in its tracks. It's true. The tighter the tolerance, definitely the more likely you are to get rust. Oh, yeah. Case in point, passenger side carrier bearings on Toyotas, like mm-hmm. on the driver's side, that the axle shaft just goes into the, I'm talking about like a front wheel drive Toyota car, truck, van, whatever. I shouldn't right. say truck. SUV, van, car. The driver's side that it just snaps into the transaxle passenger side is a carrier bearing that carrier bearing you have i don't know maybe maybe a year tops to have any chance of being able to get that carrier bearing out of there without an air hammer and getting it red hot like if someone brought me a 2022 right now i was like i need my passenger Mm -hmm. front axle replaced it'd be okay but i'm gonna destroy it (laughs) you get you get about a year and that and that's pushing it a year is like the absolute limit yeah, because it's that tight of tolerance and all it takes is just one winter done. Yeah, the smallest amount of surface rust. Yep. And that's where so that's so we got that slip and figured out and everything else and got it installed. And after that, I took it out in the drive and kind of gave a rip. Felt pretty good. Uh, front bearings are growling, but we kind of I kind of already knew that and then brought it back, climbed up on that big pile of rocks that I have sitting out in front of the shop. and. Everything seemed to work good. We didn't even adjust the linkage for the four-wheel drive. Like, didn't didn't even have to do that. Literally, just plug and play. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So wait, you said your front yeah. bearings are growling. Which quote bearings are these? The uh, hub bear, the wheel bearings. The wheel bearings are growling. Yeah, they're. Have fucked. you not replaced them or greased them or anything recently? Uh, well, they got greased, but then they went wheeling, and then they didn't get greased after wheeling. Apparently, I need to tear them apart every single time I go wheeling. If you get up past your axle in water, yes. Yes, that's every time I go out. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't always get in deep water. I only pull mine mm. apart when I go in water. Like, I actively remember, like, oh, I was above the axle yeah. in water, and then I'll take them apart. But otherwise, yeah. no, they're just fine. I did not do that. I did not do that. And so these ones, I put these in in 2020 when I rebuilt the front axle, and they're trashed. So... I called Chris up at Complete Off-Road. I said, hey, Chris, I know you just got back from UA, but I am in need of a set of axle bearings or instead of wheel bearings for my Dana 44. He said, okay, I'll get them ordered. So they were sitting there waiting for me at core when I got there. But you didn't do them at core or did you? No, they were just backup bearings. Gotcha. In case something happened. Yep. But we did jack the front end up at core. Uh, We'll talk about that. Um, And spun the wheel. And it was delightful. Oh, was it so, extra crunchy? Oh, yeah. Oh, and like the best part is uh, it's not even like crunchy. They're just like they're just growling and literally spun the front wheel. And it just it just spun like it spun like there was no caliper on it or nothing. Like it just whoo, just smooth like. Not smooth, but like it just spun for like. Just kept going. I don't know. Like instead minute, of getting like a, a half a turn or something, like you normally <laughs> yeah. would. Let's like, right, a full minute of ro- of rolling. That's terrible. Um, I mean, it sounds yes. like it would be good, but it's actually not. <laughs> yeah, it's got excellent uh, rolling resistance right now. Isn't like none. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, that was the transfer case prep to get that done. Uh, while we had it out, after we got off the rock pile, I was like, this thing kind of feels weird. Had Tom turn the steering wheel, and it, um, and it 
the pinion or the pinion, the pitman arm nut was loose on the box. And so I went out and impacted that on there. It seems to be tight now. I put it on How with my three four inch impact. How does that ever come loose? You tighten it once. It's the like slightest. the amount of torque on the no thing is idea. ridiculous. I'm you pretty... just get your longest breaker bar and you just like pull on it until it's tight and then you're like, good. I think the torque on that's supposed to be like 200 foot pounds. Yeah. It's and if I remember lot. right, when I put that in, when I put that in, I, I torqued it quote unquote to spec. But then again, I have hydro assist in forties. So torque to spec is with a lock with it, that, that with the, uh, um, lock washer that's on there from the factory. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm sure that it can mush itself around a little bit and come loose. So I think that's just one of those things you just got to keep your tra- keep an eye on. I guess so. Well, either way, it's a good thing you realized it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, good thing I saw that and adjust that or tighten that up. Other than that. <sighs> other than that, I really didn't do much of anything to the Jeep except paint it. Oh, yeah, oh, no. that's true. You I, also welded, I also welded the fender. I welded the fender back up and got it fixed on the driver's side because it was shaking in the wind when I towed it and it broke the fender, like cracked the fender. So then the fender was getting into the door and all kinds of stuff. And I went through and welded that all back up and fixed that. And then I painted it. Nice. And that's all and, I needed. And it's interesting. And clearly that's all I needed. <laughs> Did it well, wheel just fine all weekend and came home just fine? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I threw it on the trailer and I rolled out at. Uh, I actually rolled out on time. Uh, what is on time for you? Mean like two and a half hours late? No, I left here at eight. I know I left here before eight. I left here sometime between seven forty-five and eight o'clock, and shot over to Sullivan's to meet my brother. Um, he had a birthday present for me because my birthday was that next day on Friday. And I stopped there to get a birthday present from him because the birthday present was tools for the Blackstone. Nice. Um, which actually, actually, uh, huh. Oh, I was going to say, which got very wet, <laughs> but that's also foreshadowing, man. We oh can't God. have podcasts that are out of order. I know podcasts are terrible. Uh, I, uh, a little bit out of order. Let's back step for one second. Loading up. I had to load everything in the truck and everything. And um, I didn't have it loaded Thursday night. So I went to bed like, oh, I'll get up early, go to the shop. I'll load it. And then I will head to town and get that stuff from Scott. And then I'll go meet everybody over in Peoria. And or in Mackinac. And uh, I actually was trying to go to sleep and could not for the life of me get to sleep. And so... I was just wide awake at like one o'clock in the morning and I was like, this is stupid. And so I just got up, went out here, jumped in the truck and headed for the shop, went to the shop, got all my stuff loaded into the truck, uh, got the trailer, got the Jeep loaded. And I think I left the shop at four. So I got to the shop at like two, got everything loaded, left the Jeep, left the shop at four with the truck basically ready to go all my stuff was in it was it was ready it was turnkey for the next day came back home at four went to sleep from four to seven so i think i fell asleep i think i went to sleep from like 10 to one or something like that and i woke up at one and just couldn't sleep um 
And so, yeah, got G ball loaded. And then I rolled out at eight, went met my brother, got the tools and then headed out. I was actually about 30 minutes. Maybe I was probably about. The guys were rolling from Mackinac at nine 30. So we were hitting the road at nine 30, leaving Dave's house. And I looked at my GPS and it said, I would be at Dave's at nine 50. I said, don't wait on me. I'm 20 minutes behind. I said, okay. So I just left the cruise control set. I was cruising at 75. Uh, head head in that direction and i actually they took the bypass around peoria and i went straight through like downtown basically on the yeah. on the on 74 and dave likes the bypass dave i don't know why you like the bypass so much but i've never had an issue going down through downtown and i love how downtown looks so i always just go straight through and when i came out the other side of that jeremy and i were texting he was like you know, where are you at? And I was like, I'm at mile post, whatever it was. And he's like, you're a mile behind us. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, not, not too shabby. Yeah. Make it, making good time here. And so actually I ended up catching them like a half a mile before they jumped off at us at a rest area for, uh, to look at Dave's truck. Cause apparently it was in limp. It was trying to be in limp mode. It's totally and, trying to be in limp mode. Yeah, his tow rig was trying to be in limp mode, which is not very handy when you're trying when you got twenty thousand pounds behind you. Yeah, yeah. We did they get that figured out? I don't know what they did. I don't know if they shut it off and turned it back on and it was fine or what, but they must have got it somewhat figured out. Um, but not completely figured out because when we got into the hills of Iowa, so we jumped back on the road, took off, stopped and got fuel. I don't know, 20 miles later, something like that. 10 miles later, stopped and got fuel and then got back on the road and headed for complete in Iowa. And we get like, I don't know, five, 10 miles outside of Dubuque. And it's got some pretty good hills. And I'm back here. I'm in the back of the pack and I am playing leapfrog with a semi the semi can go down the hills well but it can't pull the hills very well and so that got annoying and i caught up to the guys and we were like pulling these hills so i got around that semi i sped up went around him and then got him behind everybody else and we'd go to hit a hill and it was like 55 miles an hour i was like what is going on here so i pulled my phone out and kicked the camera on and then i just went around everybody i was like not trying to be a dick but also not trying to be playing leapfrog with a semi back there so i'll catch you guys at complete and they were going to riches anyway and so i just blew around them took a video of all the rigs as we drove by and then i headed off to complete off road and got there and met up with everybody and then i finished a couple little paint things on the jeep that need to be wrapped up some black paint and then waited for you to show up so i don't know what everybody's deal was on thursday it seemed like everybody was trying to arrive at complete at noon like based on like the text and everything. Uh-oh. I went and got growy uh-huh. and I was like, no, I was like, I'm going to get plenty of sleep. We're going to drive 65 the whole way. We're going to stop and eat lunch. I was yep. like, we'll get there when we get there. We're like, I don't know why everybody's busting ass to get there at noon. Right. We're not actually leaving there till like five. Right. So Dang I don't out. remember what time we showed up. I think it was like two, two thirty or something like that. Two, but yeah. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. It was, it was perfect. I averaged 10 miles a gallon on the way up. That's beautiful. I think considering I the hills in Iowa, I'd say it really is beautiful. I was between 10 and 11, I think. I think. 
it was so actually bad. like lower and like as we were pulling in it was like 9.7 9.8 9.9 and like 10 yes we did it like uh made it uh the uh what do you think of the jeep when you pulled in i mean let's be honest it's 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 loud it's loud it's loud and at first i didn't like it because it's uh-huh. just not what I'm used to. Like, if I painted Snow right. Day red, you guys would be like, no, Whoa. no. I'd be like, it yeah. doesn't look nice. You'd be like, but but no, <laughs> right? Like, cause it's just it's just not what it is. You know what it is. You've seen it a thousand times. And then when, it, when it's not what you expect, your, your brain just tells you it's wrong. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it, it grew on me over the weekend. But, but yeah, at first I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Like if it had been uh, if it had been green and red and white, <laughs> wouldn't that have been silly? Mm-hmm. Like the color green that it, like all the colors it already was. Yeah, but just in a yeah, weird, same crazy pattern. <laughs> yeah, that I would have been like, oh yeah, that that actually seems appropriate. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I That'd think interesting. it might have had a little bit of a Christmas vibe going on or an Italian flag or something. Had a very yeah, fun. yeah, Italian flag vibe. <laughs> oh, I mean, right? Is that the Italian flag? This, this is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a green, green wine, right? Yeah, I, I did look it up, and make sure I was right. <laughs> mm, it's Ferrari. Oh um, shit! But yeah, that that could have been fun. No, it does. It looks good. It is weird that you tried to match it to a steering wheel that you don't have. But hey, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just had like just like the fun haver scheme, and I like the look of that steering wheel a lot. And so, yeah, painted it to match. I don't know. This is me being. I like like loud stuff though, and I don't have any loud vehicles now. I do. So that's true. Here I am. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's loud now. I like it. It matches the colors on the uh, on the little RC fun haver a lot. The so um, his Bronco, so Von Gittin Jr.'s Bronco is called Brocky. Is like the like the nickname for it, like on the roof, on the back of the roof, it says Brocky on it. And okay. I'm like, should I get letters for the back of my roof that say Ricky? Mm. <laughs> right? Everybody calls him Ricky's anyway. I'm getting Junior Bronco. Yeah, Brocky. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. yeah it's up there. Yeah, what do you think? Should I do that in green on on the back of mine? Or why not? Yeah, I may actually tone this down a smidge uh, later in life, like after I replace all the panels again and run this for a year. I may end up doing something a little closer to what the actual what Brocky has for a paint job. I mean, so you don't we'll see. see. You do you, boo. As long as you like how it yeah. looks, it doesn't matter. Right, for sure. Um, but yeah, so. Everybody got to core and then we kicked it off. Thought maybe Kyle Meng would join in so we could get his, you know, input, but apparently he's not going to come in and help us here. It doesn't seem that way, at least. He said that he'd be in 10 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in there in, in like 10 minutes, 30 minutes ago. I don't know. It's fine. Funny guy. It's okay. Yeah. Ming does everything for this podcast. He can, he can bail on us, and it's okay. <laughs> I'm still gonna pester him about it. Okay, you so, pester him all you want. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, 
he so far we've talked about getting to complete off road. Woohoo! Nailed it. This will be a long episode. I should be a better well, storyteller. Yeah, we're we're forty minutes in, <laughs> and we've talked about the trip there and a little bit of prep. Uh, yeah. After that, we all hung out there at complete, and then we did a intro thing where everybody introduced everybody, and then. We headed off to Rich's while the sun was still up so we can get up his driveway and it not be crazy. The hardest wheeling we did all weekend. Dragging trailers to the top of Rich's house. Trying, yes, trying to get a trailer yep. up there. Everybody's yeah. looking at me like, ha ha, your lowered two-wheel drive truck's never going to make it. And I'm like, guys, this is a Z71 and it just <laughs> happens to be lowered 3.5. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It I have four largest was- like the rest of you. So Rich told me his secret to get up that driveway and it was he runs like 20, 25 miles an hour up the driveway. I went fast this time. I mean, I it was as yeah. fast as my, you know, oh, it would let me, but in four low in four low. I didn't get sideways or anything. Yeah. Granted, it was dry, so that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I put mine in four low. And I just cruised up there like 20 mile an hour and it was fine. Yeah. You know, I had a little bit of, little bit of PTSD cause I really don't know this truck all that well for doing that kind of a op- obstacle. Do you call it an obstacle? Sure, um, I, yeah. And, uh, so I wasn't sure how it would do, but after leaving there and going up the hard road out of there, Oh my God, Mike! Making this month's payment was so easy. Mm. It was it was so worth it. Oh like, yeah, just having a Hemi versus an old worn out three fifty. Yeah, yeah, and a transmission that was not happy. Like yeah. now, if I want to go down to Moonlight, I'm just gonna go down to Moonlight. I'm not gonna be upset. Like it's not. I'm not gonna be worried about it. I'm just gonna just let it do its thing, and mm-hmm. it'll just drive. Yep. Yep. Like so much better. Eight speeds are better than four. I'm convinced. I mean, I guess I'd have to believe you. I've still never upgraded past a four <laughs> oh, yeah. speed. It's it's wonderful. You should you should look into going to a six. It's quite quite nice. Maybe um, my next truck will have a six L ninety in it. Yeah, probably. Or six L eighty. I don't true. know. Whatever the half ton version yeah. of a new Chevy is. You'll stick with the yeah, the Chevy platform, I'm sure. Um, the, uh, yeah, I got up there and kind of set up camp. Now you, uh, you stayed in the back of your truck in the bed of your truck. Like I always do. Like you always do. And I was considering setting up tent, but I'm like, man, I got a lot of tent. And then, uh, Tom and Brendan had, um, offered the bed to me there in the camper. Um, so they had the top bunk there and then the pullout there that they have on it. Brendan revamped that pullout from last year. So it was a, basically a queen size bed. And Sounds amazing. by the time it was pretty all right. And by the time I got done shooting the breeze with everybody, it was late. And I'm like, I don't want to wake up. Uh, I was like, I don't want to wake up the guys, you know, if, Tom's in there sleeping or whatever. I don't want to wake them up and make them move around or whatever. So I just went in my truck and uh, threw down a spread in the back seat and actually just slept in the back of my truck. It's quite okay. 
I was not upset with it. So what, you just lay down in the back seat and just kind of bend your yep. legs a little bit? Slightly, yep. That doesn't sound yep. ideal. It's just so so fucking stiff. No, it wasn't bad at all. I guess. It's not bad. I put the I put I had two sleeping bags. I put one sleeping bag down on the seats and um yeah, put the pillow up on the door panel and yeah, dude, it was nice. It was really comfortable. But I'm a short guy, so it's all right. I mean, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing this fun runner, ready to run RC vehicle that you were talking about. I'm like, Never. is this mm-hmm. something that someone offered? Could you buy this thing or not? Yeah, ready to run. They build vehicles. RTRvehicles.com pages fun mm-hmm. runner. What? I I've okay. I've never heard of this website or yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Um it's it uh looks good. Yeah. They've been doing those RTR vehicles for a long time. Um like they used to do the Mustangs. I and mean, they may still. So how do you get it? So these like official RTR Mustang parts here where you can like put all the up the RTR upgrades on your Mustang. I have no idea how that works. I have not looked into that far. It's been I I feel like we looked into this on the podcast at one time or like on the Patreon, but it's been so long I don't remember. Hold on. These are these are RC vehicles, right? Nope. So I think okay. The 2023 Mustang RTR starts at $3,500. Well, that's very cheap for a full size car and very expensive for an RC car. It's all the add ons that you can buy. Oh, so this is not an RC car. No, no, like it's wheels, tires, all the badging. I don't remember if they do it or if you have to do it. I'm just going to send you this link and I'm going to ask you if it's an RC car or a real vehicle because I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is just an RC car. So that's why I'm so confused. And for those of you that are listening, you want to know what the hell I'm talking about. It's rtrvehicles.com slash pages slash fun runner. And I'll probably post about it in the Trailriders page if I remember. Did you send it on the no, I'm gonna send it in the in the main chat here? Okay. How do I even get to that? There it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm just looking. I'm just like, yeah, clearly clearly this is just like a toy car. But maybe I'm just crazy and this is like legit a real car. It's a full vehicle. That's a real vehicle. Mm hmm. That's crazy to me. Thought I was looking at a toy this whole time. And it's called RTR, like ready to run. Like RC cars are often ready to run. RTR. Mm hmm. Okay, well, I've been duped. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain the brown features several several newly developed. Sorry, I don't know what made me get back on that. I just I had it up and I had to look, and and here we are. Mm -hmm. So you go down through the if you go down below, like the where you put your name in the stay updated part. Mm -hmm. um, Below that, it has like a full breakdown. It's like one of the many additions that is noticed immediately is the RTR design 
and protection package featuring the RTR grill and signature LED, uh, signature integrated LED lighting. So yeah, it's just this package that you can purchase. I don't, and I don't remember who installs it, but either way, that's what it is. The fun haver RTRs. Crazy. Um, that's Von Gittin Jr. RTR is Von Gittin Jr. And somebody else's brand. Somebody else is in that with him. It's a partner company, I believe. Um, so we took a nap. We slept. The next day, we went wheeling. What did we do, Mike? I don't remember day one, so you can't you ask drive? me. That's why I was hoping the oh, Ming would come in here. Fucking Ming. All right, so day one, we got up in the morning, and uh, breakfast was on us. Driver's meeting was at 7.30. And so we had, uh, I think Vance cooked quite a, quite a bit of breakfast. Everybody else had you know, coffee and whatever else they brought. And then... We went down to the driver's meeting and we got all of our goodie bags. Our goodie bags have all kinds of cool stuff in them. Uh, Mang printed little like podium microphone things. Uh, 3D printed those for us, for everybody. So everybody got one of those. Uh, Mang had some, they ordered custom printed M&Ms that said total off-road podcast. Like some of them said like total off-road and then another one said podcast. And it was like core. One said like 2024. Oh yeah, 2023. Yep. You forgot um, what year it is. It's okay. It's fine. It sounded better in 2024. It's had a nice ring to it. Uh, yeah. So they had custom M&Ms made, and his parents went through and like organized all those into bags, which is crazy. And then he also got us those, um, those, um, floor mat coasters. Oh my god, I'm using one right now. Are you hilarious? Really? <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish they so like, said something personal on them, but I mean, they're just kind of wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company now that made those. I could, I could look at it. I'm looking right at it's it. It's uh, base layer. That's it. Base layer. As I say, it's right here in my back seat. I guess like a carbon copy of like a Ford F-150 or something. It said on the box. Oh, really? I, don't know. I think I threw the box away. That's hilarious. I think that even the box was like this is a set of floor mats for like a 2018 Ford F-150 or something. And you're just like opening it That's like, awesome. you know, they're 10 scale or something. Oh so it's kind of, I still have M&Ms. Oh, you didn't eat them. Yeah. I ate mine at work. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know where my base layer stuff went. Oh, I think it's in the, I think it's in the shop. Um, so yeah, we got to hand out our goodie bags and got everything such situated. And then we all loaded up and we headed to the other property. Some of us didn't load up. Some of us just drove our rigs because we're badasses. Because yeah. you don't have boats. That's right. Well, my, cool my rig is a boat. boat when it comes to Iowa. And then when it travels around there, it's not a boat. Yeah, long, long distance boat. It's just, you know, it gets eight miles a gallon and it's very loud. So. <laughs> yeah, why not just tow it? Just tow it. <laughs> For the same fuel economy or less. <laughs> Definitely better towing better. than it is driving it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So plus tire wear, you don't have the option when you're towing it, you're much less likely to have a Derek situation that lands oh, you back in your Patagonia. Yeah, some some you very, imagine? very cut worn bias supply tires versus a set of Michelin radials. Yeah. <laughs> and what if you blew a tire and your only option was a patty? I just, you just go home, leave, leave my rig, just leave it on the side of the road, put the title on the dash. <laughs> Somebody else have it. 
<laughs> I don't want this one anymore. Nope. It's um, got a Milestar Patagonia on it. Get rid of it. <laughs> just one. <laughs> That'd be terrible, too, going from a Pro XS to a Patagonia. <laughs> the best tire or the worst tire yeah i'd say that'd be a bad day (laughs) (laughs) it'd be terrible so they're never gonna sponsor this podcast you know that right no i've talked so much shit i i think that i don't even go two episodes without talking shit about the monster (laughs) patagonia and and i've even heard good things about the new one from uh chris over at complete off-road but yeah you know what until i see it and or experience it for myself there's still garbage in my eyes Yep. Um, so we, um, yeah, we all loaded up except for the people that drove and we cruised over to, um, the other property, which I don't remember who owns that property, but it was about 15, 20 minutes away. Got over there, unloaded, kind of got all of our bearings straight. And then we hit the trail and that's all I remember. Yeah, honestly, okay. On day some. one, was that the day that we all tried to go up that hill that was very steep, and then there was the route, and you're the only one yes. that made it up because you rented it out for the rest of us? Uh, no, it wasn't me. It was you? I didn't run it out. You rented it out, but I still made it up. That's why you made it up because you're the one that rented it out, and no one else made it. Uh, no. Uh, Tim in the JK with the Geolanders, he made it. That's right. He one other guy made it. it. Uh, no more than that. Uh, Trevor made it. He made it before you, though. Oh, was it before me? No, was it? I think that they said that after you went, only one guy made it up after that. No, I don't think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. Kyle. I think Kyle just joined. Hello, gentlemen. About damn time. Where have you been? Uh, trying to solve all the world's problems and not being successful. Oh, I see. And how did that go? So that, that wasn't successful. Okay. That's yeah, good. it was, it was so not since successful. You since you can't solve the rest of the world's problems, how about you come in here and solve our problems? We for, we have forgotten most of day one. Oh, no. So far, in the 50 minutes that we've been podcasting, we have uh, we have made it to the trail on day one. So are we talking day one of wheeling <laughs> or day one of driving Day one there? of wheeling. You we were at the point where we started wheeling, and the only thing I can remember is not making it up that hill that Steve read it out for us. That uh, like little bounty hill. Yeah. Yeah, you need some do noises on yours, Mike, and then uh, that would be no problem. Do you think I should turbocharge my TBI three fifty? <laughs> Man, is that what I'm hearing? Just stick five pounds yeah. down her throat and see what she does. It'll hold. Yeah, okay. explode. I will tell you exactly oh. what it'll do. Yard sale. Either way, it'll fix your problems and it'll either fix your problems or it'll delay you fixing your problems. Either, either, either it gets a 5.3 stuck in it. That's it. Well, that's why you put boost to it, blow it up, and then stick the 5.3 in. <laughs> it would be it would pretty be funny to boost a, boost a TV at 3.15 and it doesn't blow up. And I'm just like, this is magical. Yeah, it still doesn't make any horsepower, but it's magical. I need lots of extra <laughs> fuel, that's for sure. I mean, I bet you you could stick like five pounds down it and it, it'll hold. Those I think rings hold. are probably so worn out, it's probably already specced for boost. <laughs> I feel like that engine's actually not that worn out. It has 120 on it, it's out of the 91. Okay. It's hey, not a spring chicken, but it's also not as worn out as the 200,000 mile motor that came out of it, so. Right. 
So yeah, what's so, um, yeah. what would you like to remember about day one? I just don't remember um, anything. I don't remember. Was there a lot of like? <sighs> I don't remember a whole lot between getting on trail in the bounty hill. Like it was just trails. Yes, a lot of a lot of windy trails. You know, going through and yeah. very you know ravines. You know, it's a lot of yeah. Very I do um it was good no like we we got off the trailer you know we did our did our meeting discussed mm-hmm. you know the plan safety protocols made sure everyone's radios were up and working and then we went through the um the little rock section what's that so all i do is put stickers on <laughs> i, yeah, I was just setting protocol. up gopros i put stickers on and i broke out my morph late to get my tires aired down so the um, only thing I remember about day one was on that particular bounty hill we're referring to that somehow Snowy didn't have enough power to go up. The that third try, I bounced my right fender into a tree. Oh. And it's it's it KO'd it pretty bad. It's like sticking out from the door like two inches now. Like because not only did it KO the fender, but also because of the roll cage, Bray was only able to put like half the bolts back in the fender. So it's like kind of not attached to the truck anyway. <laughs> Oh geez. So it's uh, it's pretty messed up. I did stick a deflated football in it the other day and inflated mm-hmm. it and it fixed like the top half of it, or at least they got it like pretty good. Uh I think for the rest of it, I'm gonna have to take it off the truck and like reshape it. So that should be wow. fun. I it comes on and off pretty easy, hard. doesn't it? Yeah, I mean there's like I don't know. There's actually surprising a lot surprisingly a lot of bolts holding a fender on an OBS, but uh but either way, yeah, not not the end of the world. So what was really weird about that, and I have the video of that of you trying to get up that, is the transmission kept starving, and you were just pushing past the torque converter. So like the, all four wheels were stopped, and you're still hard on the throttle. Yeah, I was just foot to the floor. So do yeah. you think that I was running out of transmission fluid? Like I was literally like starving. Yeah, because it, it was like, like I think I think that was the case because it was going. And then it would just stop spinning, and then all of a sudden they would just jerk and start spinning again. Oh, so, I see. I, they, I couldn't even tell that from yeah. inside because we were so vertical that I was just yeah. doing anything I could to just try to go. Everybody was asking, like, everybody's like, did the front wheels just stop turning and the rear kept turning? And I was like, no, I think all four stopped turning. And that right there just blew any momentum you tried to have. And you had to have momentum to get up that hill. And um, it was just weird because I've never seen Snow Day. Since the engine swap, I've never seen Snow Day so run exhausted. out of power like that. Which is like, yeah, it, was, it almost seemed like it was in second gear. I don't yeah, know, everybody weird. asked me, they were like, were you in four high? I was like, no, I put it in four low at the end, beginning of the day, and I never take it out. Yeah, it it was acting like it just didn't have the power, which is, it just seemed odd. Um, So, I don't know. I could it's show you definitely the odd, because even though the TBI 350 doesn't make a lot of power... It has never in, low. in the entire yeah. time I've wheeled it not had enough power to go up something. Yeah, to turn the tires. And that's just it, it was like literally sitting there, all four tires, and just not you're just you know, with nothing. I was like, that's weird. Maybe I need you to know. overfill the trains a little more or something. I don't know. I think you may. Yeah, but I mean, he help. wasn't on a steep enough of an angle for long enough for I feel like it to start starving. I mean, also, how old is that gas that's in the tank? It was uh, brand new. I had bought it like the day before. Oh, okay. Kingsworth? 
Uh, yeah, I actually was like running on fumes. I the day that I blew the trailer <laughs> tires, I had to unload snow day. Oh yeah, and so my neighbor drove me back to get snow day that night, and I I thought it had gas in it. Well, thank God there's a tiny gas station in the middle of nowhere, and I know what you're thinking, but hold on. So there's a tiny gas station in the middle of nowhere. Thank God on the way home because it's a I think a 20 gallon tank and I put like 19.8 gallons in it when I went to fill up. That's how little I had when I pulled up. So it's 100% new gas. And and I thought to myself, oh, maybe it was the gas from this tiny potent gas station. My neighbor passes by all the time. He's like, no, because this gas station is in the middle of nowhere, they get like shit tons of business and the gas is always fresh. But interesting. Who knows, right? Like, I don't know the quality of the gas there. Yeah. It seemed to run fine the rest of the time. It did. I I don't think I think if it was bad gas, it would have ran shitty and it seemed to run fine. Right. Yeah, it just bogged down going up the hill. Maybe I need some new spark plugs. I don't know. I'm trying to see if I have the if I recorded you going up that hill. For some reason, I don't see it on my GoPro. I did. I have the video. So while Steve is looking for that, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Jeremy. Um, We are a little over a week past and he is working his butt off to come up with a video for everybody to enjoy. Um, So bear with him. He he is working hard on it. I have seen clips of what he's been up to. Um, We're having a bit of a hard time getting some of the content to him. That's on me. That's not on him. Um, so I'm working on getting that to him as fast as possible. And then, uh, he will press on. So just a little, a little hats off for Jeremy. He is working his absolute ass off to try and get this out for you guys. So just, just be patient with him. And if you want to yell at me, that's fine. Um, but it is, it is, it is a work in progress as of now. Good to know. So. I know everybody wants to see the video and I want to see the video too. So it, uh, he, he is working very hard to get it to us. Oh, I have no doubt. And I'm sure the video will make it look so much cooler than it actually was. And it was pretty cool. I, I got yeah. a little sneak peek of it and I, I think everyone's going to be happy with it. He's, uh, he's got some good stuff going. I sent both of you the video in discord. What video? So oh, the video. It's in yeah. the, it's in the chat. Oh, of me trying it's to go up the thing. You, yeah, if you trying to go up the thing. We're not going to be able yep. to see the tires turn in from this point, though. Or maybe you were able to somehow. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. What? Uh, where did he put that, uh, Mike? Uh, just in the chat on the main. In the voice chat. That's not a thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You just are in it's main, in and there's end. up in the oh. right hand corner. It says show chat, and you click yep. it, and then you're done. Ta-da. Gotcha. My bad. <laughs> there it is. It's fine, Ming. I watched Producer it. Mang. It didn't look like we'll my get, tires get were... Yeah. Did you see where they kind of stopped spinning there for a moment? Um, the other video of you doing oh, that. I do see it. Yeah. Oh, more. I see. I saw it happen again. Okay. Now that I'm paying more attention, I did see them stop. Do you have? Times. Do you have your sound on? I have my sound off because I'm listening to you guys. Okay, yeah. When when we when we get done recording recording, listen to that, watch that video with the sound on. So I feel like the like you never lifted, maybe, and maybe it was just in the moment. But like I didn't feel like you lifted, and at the same time, it. Uh, I don't the know. The wheels still turning, but the engine was still full bore. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know what? I listened to the audio for a minute, and Steve is absolutely right. You'll have to post this in uh, the Facebook page as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I have another one here. I have another one here that's two minutes long of you doing the same thing. I will cut it up and take out the parts where you're just sitting at the bottom contemplating what you're doing for your next move. And uh, <laughs> I mean, just it, sounded the very, it sounded very labored, too. I don't know if... It did. Yeah. So that was the Bounty the bounty Hill. Um, and it was fun. It looked gnarly. Trying to watch other people trying to go up it, I'm like, yee. It felt and, pretty uh, good, though. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> feel bad. Yeah, unfortunately, once you get on it. unfortunately, after you went up, Mike, that thing was so rutted out from those oh, tires yeah. just eating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody went up behind you. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about me rutting it out. Your tires are <laughs> just 5,000-pound truck, and I, I don't even know what you... Bog dogs. And... Yeah, it's like just straight tractor tires eating dirt, doing what they do best. It's true. That truck doesn't usually have issues going up stuff. So that was kind of a it's kind of weird one. I think after that failure, I went and let out like another, I don't know, eight PSI or something. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like I think I was sure. running 15 or something oh. like that. Maybe I was running 12. I, I don't remember. Either way, I, I put them down to eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, ran that the rest of the day. I think actually the rest of the weekend, and it was it was all right. Yeah, much better. I ran right around six, six and a half the whole weekend. I should probably um, go lower. Yeah, I mean, I like mine. I like being around five and a half or six. It's comfortable. How much does your rig weigh again? Uh, forty five hundred, roughly. Damn, ain't bad. No. So uh yeah, we did that and then after that obstacle was it did we go to lunch after that? Say that again, I'm sorry. Did we go to lunch after that obstacle? Um yeah, we, we started wheeling our way back towards and um, <laughs> so, fun fun story about that obstacle. Everybody was getting stung by bees. <laughs> yeah, we That's had a to... super fun story. Apparently, yeah, apparently like who was it? Did Tom get stung in the face? Tom got stung on the cheek. Jesus. Uh, Eric, I feel like Eric Mulner said he got stung a few times. He got stung a lot. Yeah, he was in a bad spot, apparently. Uh, and we pulled up to it in Lincoln. So Lincoln Bray was riding with me. And Lincoln looks at me. He's like, oh, fun. I'm allergic to bees and didn't bring an EpiPen. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. And then proceeded to go up the hill. And he's like, uh okay i didn't even think about it i was like i just thought he was messing with me and we get to the top and park he's like oh that was awesome i went back down there and stood and whatever and i'm just like later he's like yeah i'm glad i didn't get sponge stung by b i was like oh you're being serious he's like yeah i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah that's pretty lucky yeah we had some first aid kits that's so good i want to say we would have been okay. Like I, well, I saw just a bandaid on it and then he doesn't die. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You got to suck out the poison. Yes. I got the poison. Um, I don't uh, know if anyone's else has ever seen this before. And I happen to see that Dave had it in the back of his rig. You can buy pack outs that are. Oh, ready really? to go. First aid kits. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. So the one I think Dave had, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. 
Um, from what I could see, so I'm looking at it right now, it's $80, which really is not bad for one of the half, the half chest, like tall pack out boxes. Um, which is a 70 safety kit. No fucking way. So they're not Milwaukee brand. They just fit pack out. No, no, it's literally a pack out. uh, Yep. Oh, it is Milwaukee. Yeah. And they, I I think some company just figured out the market and was like, yep, this is what we're going to do. So it's $80 for a 79 piece uh, type three first aid kit. Does that mean it has an EpiPen in it? Um, I don't think that one does, but you can buy even like crazier kits. Like I'm looking right now, they have There's one. A, uh, yep, Northern the, Tool. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have one that's a Class B. I think they even have a trauma yep. kit. Oh my god! You know, it just comes down to how much money you want to spend to fill it. All of it, all the money. But you could also just go and buy, you know, a pack out, buy a trauma kit, and then just right. combine the two yourself. I do have plenty of pack out. That's pretty cool. No shit. I'm sure I just have your run of the mill generic ass first aid kit in my truck, and it definitely doesn't have no Epi pin in there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something worth carrying. Well, I'm sorry, we're getting (laughs) off off track. Yeah, we are, but either way. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if you remember, yeah, but, but the like first it. thing we did after going down the hill, going through the rock section, was into that super tightly wooded area. Um, where basically the lead car was was knocking down the trail. How do I not even remember? Yeah, I don't remember that either. That's why I mean, like when I said I forgot day one, I wasn't kidding. Like I do not remember day one oh, except for that one obstacle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was where was like you that. were fully encased in shrubbery. Like it was touching all three sides. Yeah, and it was just a little loop, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we literally dropped out of the parking lot where we parked at, went like a hundred yards, and then we went over like a little obstacle, and then we dropped in like we pulled up into the woods and then dropped like straight down, and you had to make like a three-point turn. I do remember that. It was literally we just dipped into the woods and then popped right back out to where we were at. Oh, I kind of remember that. Yeah, that's a Is that's that a fun yeah, that's a fun little yeah, little the, loop. Right, yeah, it's a cool little loop. It was kind of fun. Just kind of drive through about, there real quick and then oops, sorry. Good. Sorry, no, go go ahead. I don't I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, you're fine. Um Yeah, it was just it was just kind of a little fun, cool little spot there. So go ahead. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, unfortunately, I only went about halfway through and then realized as camera person that I should get to a better vantage point rather than get to off road <laughs> it. So I, I turned around in the middle of the trail, which let me tell you, was a lot of fun um, considering how thin it was. Dave was behind me. He pretty much just backed up till he was damn near vertical to give me enough room to do a 12 point turn, turn around and go back out the trail. It was interesting that it's we were willing that- two grounds that like hadn't really been wheeled a lot or not at least recently where we were. And so normally when you're, you know, on a property, it's, Hey, stay on the trail. Don't like fuck anything up. And I felt like all weekend it was just like, Oh, mow down those trees. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, with a chainsaw, 
<laughs> I, I've heard that they don't want to give away the properties too, too much. So I don't know what they actually call it. We just called it the Illinois property. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we wheeled it. The time before that was the stump jumpers um, a couple weeks prior. And then they had wheeled it one more time, like two months before that. And then before that was the year prior to when the stump jumpers had run it last. So realistically, I mean, you're talking four times in a year, maybe if even that, that yeah. it's been touched. And, and I, probably not so yeah. And I, I said this kind of in one of, uh, in a, in a Facebook comment that I love going to these properties because, you know, you go to Moab or Badlands or any of these, I don't want to say commercialized wheeling areas, but you know, that's kind of what they are. I mean, you look at Moab and it's like, there are black tire marks that is basically turned into a road. You know, you, you know where you're going and you know, it's been done. Right. Okay. And I'm, I'm a big fan that, uh, that these properties are kind of like the last frontier almost in the sense that these don't get touched. And when we drive into these properties, there's a chance the line we're about to do is not going to work. Like we didn't, you know, kind of keying into day two of wheeling here. We didn't know if the waterfall was passable. I mean, we looked at it, we had some ideas, everybody got over there. And as they went down it, there was, you know, problems because we had no guarantee that that was going to work. No regrets. No what? No regrets. No regrets. You know, it's and, and it, no the same regrets. thing with this property. I mean, like, you know, we got to that one section in the ravine that I I wheeled it and I said it's my absolute favorite line. You know, it's basically one of the last things we had done that day. Mm-hmm. And we went through it. We did the line. Super cool. Super fun. One of the most enjoyable lines that I've ever done. You know, I was super off camber. I had tires in the air, leaning hard. Traction was all over the place. Um, and then they just happened to see another line. They kind of glanced over and they're like, yeah, I think we could do that. And so we pull out the chainsaws, cut open a little line. And uh, Cody's like, well, let me see if this is going to work. And Cody's a lot like Rich in the sense that he's had this rig for a very long time. And it's not the biggest. I mean, it's, damn near stock height but that but that dude knows how to drive that thing (laughs) and so he he went up yeah he went up and just put tires on it and he's like yeah i think this can work did it once did it twice and then drove right up it after you know he cut off the top coat kind of got a line set in and then everybody else just got to follow through and technically you know that's that was a line that hadn't been touched and i don't even know i mean we had trees that we cut out that looked like they were 10 years old. Yeah. You know, there it was nothing, nothing but erosion that was going through there. Yeah. That was kind of neat about that property or both of them really even riches uh, is that it's, you know, completely untouched or a lot of it. It's like, Hey, let's make a trail over here. Mm-hmm. Or, or like there was a point I couldn't do something. And I was like, how do I get to you guys? And they're like, I don't know. Just go find a path over there. Yeah, and it's it's it your it's your problem to find. I mean, you could have come across some like ravine that would have been impassable, and then you would have had to figure out how to turn around, or maybe you would have had to back down the whole thing. And I think that's all super, you know, fun. It definitely 
is cool to wheel on private ground that doesn't get a lot of action. Yeah, that doesn't have a bulldozer go in and regrade yep. it every right. every month. <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking about uh, day one and the different stuff in there. And there was like that rock ravine, like that water area that we went through. They had just it was just like you were driving over like slate or something. Um, you know, what I'm oh, about? yes, that's when you guys went up the uh, like you went into the creek crossing, but then went up it. Yeah, basically. Yes, that was pretty cool. Um, I was following Travis in his basically stock, like nearly stock, um, TJ with 31s on it, I think. Um, and that yeah, was pretty it cool. Was it was not a big Jeep. It was, it was like a golf cart. It was fun to watch. I was like, oh, look, a golf cart. <laughs> He'd get yeah, stuck on something and I would just, yeah, he was tiny. And so he'd like dip out on something and then I would just drive up behind him. And uh, his wife would turn around looking and, and kind of like just laugh. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys got stuck on, but you must have cleared out of the way because I didn't hit it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah, seven was... higher on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I had the weirdest so, roll cage you've ever seen. It was built for, I think he said, I think he bought it with that on there maybe or something like that. But it's just basically for running like fence rows and you know, farm stuff, uh, pastures, and then also uh, his hunting rig. So it's what he drives to go out to um, his tree stands and stuff like that. So it's purpose built for what it's what it needs to be. It's just not made to go follow a bunch of big things around. It but was it's fine. Uh, it was weird, but yeah, you're right. It did yeah. fine until it didn't. Yeah. What's you got any other highlights from uh, the first day, Mike? Man, I, I think I named my highlights. My, my highlights were yeah. that I drove there and back, and uh, yeah, that was and snow day did great. I mean, other than getting wedged between a couple, actually, I think I got wedged between a yeah. tree the next day. Between I a tree you. and a tree, I think it was all the Lunch first was, day was just the fender. Lunch was good. Eric uh, Molnar shared his Hawaiian sandwiches. Oh yeah, I forgot he had like um, a huge tray of those things. Yeah, so he bought a. He bought a bag of Hawaiian rolls, which is just that like that sheet, basically. And then you cut, you take a knife and you cut the whole thing in half and just peel the top off as if it were one bun. And then you make little sandwiches and then you put the top back on it. And then you just kind of peel and eat as you make your way down trail. It was perfect. It's definitely a neat idea if you needed to feed a lot Mm -hmm. of people with very minimal effort. Yes. And uh, so we had lunch with him. And then my highlight, I have continued the trend uh, in honor of Brendan and core. Mm-hmm. And when we were getting towards the end of the day, we were, uh, Tom was having some trouble with his Jeep. He didn't want to stay running. And we were up on top of the hill. And we came, went to start to go down, a, starting to go down a hill. And I started to follow Dustin. And then I backed up because I was like, ah, I'm going to let him get further down before I try to follow him. It's kind of steep and a little bit loose. And uh, so then I put the Jeep in first gear and just kind of let it ease on down that hill using minimal brakes. And then towards the bottom, probably 30 feet from the bottom, there's a, what do you think that was? 18 inches, 18 to 24 inch drop off. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. You're talking that little rock where the, uh, yeah, the mostly stock TJ. They had like the oh. expedition cage on it got hung up. 
yeah, got hung up and like came down hard on his bell housing, I think. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he sat down on basically everything. <laughs> yeah. It it well, was one of those things the poor guy was just, you know, the tires were just far enough apart uh-huh. to where it sat down right on the belly and didn't want to move an inch. Yeah. So apparently he blew up the clutch when that happened. And so he had no clutch. And then I came down it and I was following Dustin Speakman. He was a little bit ahead of me. And like, he was almost at the bottom, I think. And uh, we come off of that little two foot thing there. And my brake pedal went straight to the floor. And I was like, oh, cool. Super steep hill, almost to the bottom. No brakes. Speakman's in front of me. At least he'll catch me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know he can do it. Yeah, you know, right? I know he can do it. I know he caught it's an XJ last year. I'm sure he can catch another one. Yeah. Um, and uh, lucky for me, I have that rad design shifter in there. And it holds first gear. So first gear is like, it's like first gear lockup. And so the fastest I've ever seen it go in first gear is like 15 miles an hour with no throttle. And so even if it had zero brakes, it's still relatively controllable. Are you sure and it's 15? That seems kind of fast. Like, I feel like when I was watching it's, you, it's super yeah, slow. It's, I mean, it's pretty slow in first gear, which is good. It'll, it'll drag that engine up as high as it can. Um, but uh yeah i was just kind of easing down there and the brakes went straight to the floor i still had rear brakes so that was good and uh, sorry guys um yeah so i was at the bottom of the hill so we just pulled right off then like okay well what do we blow and went look around and sure enough passenger front brake line just like brendan blew the blew out the side of it um in its defense, it was compromised. I should have changed it, but I didn't. So, yeah, that Lesson was the end of learned. my day. Lesson learned. Um, you guys went on to the rock, the like the big rock obstacle. The rock obstacle. See. The rock obstacle. The rock obstacle. The rock. Oh, I see. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? It was like a like a V wedge where Trevor destroyed his the back of his jeep. Um, oh, is that the one where you had the three the three rocks that were juxtaposed? Maybe it was like one I on the left and one on the right, kind of sticking out, then one on the left again, and then you had to go up. You remember that one, Ming? Is that is I that was there? not there for that one. Okay, that was super gnarly. I didn't even attempt it because yeah, DJ attempted to do it and yes. pretty sure broke out a tail light and then backed out of it. But that it was too accurate. narrow. Like I physically would have had to push the entire bottom body of my truck through it. Like even if there was just no option for a full size. That's what they're um, saying. It was like body damage imminent. Oh, like I, body damage doesn't even describe it. Like you're literally just be pushing the cab, like start to finish, front yeah. to back, just done. So, Oof. so I didn't do okay. it. So I just took the bypass. I did watch some other guys do it, but even a JK, he ended up. Uh, I think he had like some sort of slider bars on the side of the body, oh. but even he ended up like rubbing down the whole side of one just to like get yeah. through. So, yeah, it was it was tight, yep. but it was a cool. It actually looked like a lot of fun. That was one of the things that sucked for me this weekend is a lot of the obstacles looked super fun, and I was like, well, there's no possible way I can fit a full size through that, and so I just hang back and watch everybody else do it. And I was like, damn it. Yep. Yeah. 
full size. Well, I get. Yeah, a lot of these trails yeah. have not been cut for wide boys. No, <laughs> wide boys. Wide boys. So, um, yeah, you guys did that. We went and loaded up on the trailer, and shot out to Napa. Ran back into town. Went to uh, Napa and got a brake line. Um, just had to like hodgepodge something together, and then. Uh, they went ahead and took care of us on that. We find we got some parts that would work, and then we ran to Walmart and got all the fixings for the next day's breakfast. You know what? Speaking of, you guys didn't do Widowmaker, did you? Uh, I don't think so. Oh man, you guys missed a fun line on that one. Which one was Widowmaker? Widowmaker. Um, it was by the barn. <clears throat> nope. You went. It was basically at the bottom of the hill, and it was this like long winding committing trail to get up to the top and then once you got back up to the top you were in the parking area hmm interesting i don't know if i did that or not did everybody like did the group do it or like some did some didn't um so this was at the end of the day where who was broken at the end of the day that we had to well steve was broken oh you know Uh, what tom was broken a bunch of folks had stayed back to go through a technical section mm. and we'll have to get some folks on to talk about some of these. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't at that part. Um, but I was listening on the radio and they, I don't want to say it was difficult or they got their ass kicked or anything by it, but like there was a lot of radio communications, like trying to figure out, okay, we got to do this, this and this to get through it. Um, and it sounded like it was a lot of fun and I feel bad that, you know, I don't have more to say about it. Hopefully some of the other guys will want to come on and tell us about, you know, some of the lines that they did and what they liked. Um, but once they were done, those who were left, um, came over to Widowmaker and Matt and I were sitting there just kind of waiting for the group. And I wanted to bring my brother up on that line. Um, cause I had a ton of fun doing it the last time and I wanted to do it again. Um, And it's one of those like, excuse me, long, like super like shale rock where, you know, you're just losing grip the entire time you're fighting your way up the hill. You know what I'm I'm talking about? Sort of. So it's one of those obstacles where it's it's not like it's gravel, but like it's super flaky rock that um, if you stop, you can't start back up again because you'll just start sliding. Gotcha. So between that, the loose dirt, some foliage that was on the trail, it's one of those things where if you give up, um, you can't build up enough momentum to keep going again. And it's a pretty intense incline. I mean, I'm I'm kind of reviewing back the footage here just to make sure I get it right here. And you get about three quarters of the way up and you're at a you're at a pretty decent angle. I mean, I don't think anyone was concerned about rolling at that point, but, you know, you're. You're you're at an angle a little bit. Suspension's definitely a little light in the front. And then there's a little jump that, uh, you know, you hit it too fast. It will kick your tires off the ground. You go too slow like I did. And um, you won't hop up over it. And like I said, that's what happened to me. So I had to back down a little bit, make sure the locker or no locker was on. So it, it was going. I had to go back down to basically where I could feel that I was on some sort of ledge to get a running start at it. I guess but I just really don't remember that one. I'm yeah. there's a chance why. you guys I, didn't go around that. I think you were gone by the time we we got there. 
Could be. Because you guys had already had it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, you know, it's nothing too terribly crazy, but it's just a fun, like, fast hill you have to go up. And I'm usually not one for going fast, so I enjoy this. I enjoy this line. (laughs) I just need to be faster. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, I'll explain what I recorded a video um, underneath the Jeep. Like, I basically put the GoPro on my uh, tube rockers. And you can see the bottom drive line, and I'll I'll tell you what my drive line was doing in the Patreon. That uh, dude speaking of Patreon, we should probably get a uh, moving. This has been about an hour and a half podcast so far. Oh, nice! Absolutely, and that covered most of day one anyway. So that's how we did yeah, a pretty good job. The, Thank you for joining Ming and uh, jogging our memories because I sure still don't remember most of day one. You're welcome. Okay. And the, the YouTube video, I'm sure, will help with that as well. Oh, yeah. There's, Absolutely. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of good stuff in that video so there's far. There's a lot of woods. Yeah. Yeah, just super, you know, super. And, and as a cameraman, it kind of sucked because, you know, trail riding is such a pain in the butt for a cameraman because it's like you go to the front of the pack, take a video, everyone drives past you, and now there's no way to get back up to the front. So there was, there was a yeah. lot of trickery with uh, playing the camera game of. You know, okay, we've gone through the trail. Now I'm going to go back out of the trail, go all the way around on the access roads, meet you guys at the top of the hill. Yep. To take more videos. And yeah. Yeah. You did a good (laughs) job. It was pretty seamless. Like we didn't really stop moving too much. That's good. Yeah. uh, Hopefully, hopefully everyone was happy with how the camera crew interacted with everyone. You guys did a great job. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. Mm. we will we will kick this back off at dinner day one on the next on the next episode yep i will write a note dinner kyle kyle will actually join at a proper time day one yes mm-hmm. i will be there i am like i said trying to solve all the world's crisis crisis i understand so are we doing a are we gonna go record a patreon after this sure. is that what we're doing I mean, sure. you guys should absolutely. Yeah. I might dip out early in the Patreon, but I'll hang for a little bit. Just a short one. We gave him. An, we gave him. Meg and I just gave him an hour of bonus content. So let's just do a uh, a quick Labor Day recap in the Patreon and then call it. Sounds cool. wonderful. Sound good. Oh, and I have updates on the M thirty seven, so that'll be fun. Oh, nice. You guys are going to record an hour and a half Patreon. No, uh-huh. I am not. I am falling asleep. I have to go to bed soon. It's I been will a long monologue. Day. That's fine. <laughs> yes, we will let him monologue. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for joining us for this episode. Check out our partner companies, Complete Off-Road, obviously. 563-583-5363. Give Chris a call if you need anything. Check out Off-Road Anonymous with Jacob or just Jacob. <laughs> kind of like Jacob's that, signature series Jacob's signature I really like that like that's just a very clean like oh yes Jacob what are those parts Jacob um <laughs> he should probably change that I, I feel like that's Jacob a good thing by Jacob exactly Jacob by J- yeah right by Jacob <laughs> it's Jacob in like a very fancy font and then it says by yeah. Jacob and it's a signature <laughs> like everything comes in a black box with silver like writing silver lettering for sure yeah silver lettering all curve all cursive yeah, of course. Like you get your you order your trust comes in a black box by Jacob signature series. The um, signature series is the good stuff. The welds are extra pretty. Extra pretty, yeah. Everything's tigged. 
Um, so <laughs> go check out uh, Jacob. And if you need anything like a pack out stuff, if you need a, a mount to hold down that new safety pack out that you just bought, because I know that I'm about to, um, you may need to go there and visit him and check that out. Go check out Morflate, M-O-R-R-F-L-A-T-E dot com. They've got some pretty cool stuff. In fact, I just checked out my new uh, 10.6 PSI Pro. I put it to work the other day, airing up the Cherokee. And I got to say, to be able to set the thing to 28 PSI, hit the power button, and go wander off and go do whatever I need to do and come back and know that the tires are at 28 PSI is like quite five the luxury. Uh, it was seven and a half minutes to go from 6 PSI to 28 PSI on my 40s. Dude, I I'm went not from upset 10 to it. 25 in five minutes. It was insane. Really? Yes. And it, that's awesome. Who's were you using? Now, granted, I have smaller tires than you, and I wasn't making uh, as big a jump. That's probably why it took you seven to me five, but still. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, with it shutting off on its own, I don't care how long it takes. I'm just going to plug it in, turn it on, and I'm going to go do whatever I need to do to get ready to hit the road. Dude, you know what I mean? Even... I set the thing to 25. It even like bumped him up to 26 because it knew that like some was going to like drop off. Like it was. Oh, really? Did yours uh, shut off a couple times throughout the process to check the air? You know, I can't remember. And it actually, okay. it's not mine. I borrowed it from Rich. I need, I really need one, but oh, did you? you know, just like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Um, they, mine actually aired up for about two minutes and then kicked off and did like a, basically a pressure check. And then continued on its way. I, mean, I, I guess like, it would have really to because it can't check pressure while it's filling. It's actually, I think they calibrated for the offset and knowing about how much it, like, how much pressure offset it is. So I was watching the reading really? on it. I was watching the reading. So I actually hooked my digital gauge back into my Morflate quad. And I was watching the digital reading while it was airing up. And it was only 32 pounds um, at the manifold. And so I think that they may have calibrated that to some degree because you can watch it air up and it's off. It's off by a little bit, but I think that's why it does the shut off and check method to see where it's at pressure wise. But it's not terribly. I think the most I saw it off was one time it said it was at like 17 PSI. It did a pressure check and then readjusted to 15. And then it did the same thing when it got to 25. It did a it shut off, did a pressure check, and continued on at 23 and a half. Um, so really, really a neat piece of equipment. It's fast. They made the improvements. If you have the first generation 10.6, this thing is so much better. Um, I like my first generation 10.6. It worked well, but my chrome caps that were on top of the compressor rattled and made noise uh they went through and put new caps on top that don't rattle so they're nice and quiet and tight um obviously it's the psi pro so it has the uh it has the set it and forget it future yeah set it and forget it ronco set it and forget it (laughs) um it has that they also you're not using an adapter anymore so the original one had an adapter to go from a european style chuck to a uh, you know, an American chuck or a standard chuck. And they've done away with that. So now it's just the standard chuck on there. I mean, they really refined the compressor a lot on this generation. Um, so it's it really is a cool piece of equipment. If you're looking for an onboard air unit, this would be a nice thing to do to put in your rig and hardwire it 
and then you can just kind of set it up to do whatever you need to do. So that's my thoughts on the Morflate 10.6 PSI Pro. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad I have it. Um, so check out Rad Designs uh, for their shifters. So you can, what was it, Mike? Get shifty. In case you need, case you need to get shifty. Yeah. Um, and crawler. crawler oh my road. gosh. Forget crawler. Jesus. I have got in my possession right now in my hand, I have got a 10 foot tree saver soft shackle. Is it gray? And it's black. Black. I feel like they don't offer that one in fun colors. I'm sad because I want a yellow one. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure you could talk to him and maybe get one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the uh, 10 foot tree saver saw shackle. And I also have a brand new 80 foot lead uh, in orange for my new winch that came from complete off road. So awesome. Uh, yeah. If you need some crawler recovery gear, if you need some recovery gear, check out crawler crawleroffroad.com. Is that all of our sponsors? Uh, if you want to make anything shiny, uh, go check oh, out yeah, that one guy. I always summer shine metal yeah. polishing. Summer shine supply summer metal shine polishing. Supply. There you go. Yeah, those guys aren't worth a fuck. Um, <laughs> the guy's not worth the Dude. fuck, but its products are right. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what. Right. I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. <laughs> I absolutely hate cleaning, polishing, doing any of that crap, and it makes it mm-hmm. super easy. And I hate it just a little bit less. There you go. It does help. It does help. So yeah, go check out uh, summershinesupply.com if you want to support me even more so than you do already. Okay, Mang, have you any last words? Um, oh, I had something. I probably um, robbed that from Mike. Mike probably had something. I didn't have shit today. Okay. Oh, wait, how do I want to word this? Um, Make sure that whatever you put in is able to come back out. Mm. Because otherwise you may be pulling an engine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. That's that's good advice for many things in life. Oh, you stop it, you. (laughs) Uh, All right. And with that, we're wrapping this one up. Thanks for joining us for episode 186. And make sure you come back for episode 187. So it's going to be more of the same. Hopefully I won't be so tired and it'll be maybe less circles that I talk. Maybe squares. Yeah, I can't wait for the squares. Let's go. Right on. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the trail. Cue the outro music. We're done with this one. I realized right, right, after right, right, right. after I said all that, I it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was foreshadowing for something. Oh I yeah, it. I, uh, I it. Either, it was either it was either foreshadowing or foreskinning. I'm not sure which. Five seconds oh, of me trying to break uh, break a screw loose turned into three and a half hours of me removing an airplane engine. Oh, <laughs> work, nice. work was fun today. <laughs> wow! Oh, my God. <laughs>